The New Grad Physio podcast is hosted by Andy Barker, consultant MSK and sports physiotherapist, private practice owner and the founder of The New Grad Physio. Having experienced his own rapid rise from student to dream job just 15 months after graduating, Andy knows exactly what it takes to accelerate your skills and fly up the promotion ladder faster than you ever thought possible. Having previously worked in his dream role at the Leeds Rhinos as the head of physio and rehab, Andy now consults with a number of individual elite athletes and within professional rugby, football and dance whilst running his own group of private practice clinics. He started the new grad physio to help student and new grad therapists just like you overcome the specific challenges you face at the start of your therapy career, helping you to dodge the common pitfalls that can cause confusion and overwhelm with your clinical practice and stop you getting the patient results and the jobs or promotions you deserve. This podcast will deliver you actionable advice, will help you make sense of your patient assessments, reason your treatments and patient rehab to get results well beyond your level of experience. You will also discover what you need to do to open doors, to create opportunities for yourself, so you can enjoy the best possible start to life as a new grad physio. So, let's get started. So, your athlete, your patient you're working with has a concussion. How do you you actually manage it? So, if you've read any of the more recent research in around concussion, you'll know that rest is not best. So, whilst there is that important sort of active rest component at the very start of a, a patient's or an athlete's concussion, you can in fact actually make their condition worse by actually making them rest. And all the more current research is, is pointing towards um, a safe but early actually return to exercise and not that sort of prolonged rest period that was previously prescribed. So it is clearly so important that what you prescribe does not heighten symptoms. Clearly, with any injury, we don't want to make um, our patient athletes worse, especially in those early stages. But like any injury and a concussion, a brain injury is no different. We need to load the injured area. So in concussion, this means the brain to actually help it to get better. And whilst that immediate rest can be appropriate and is appropriate for the majority of people that you will see with uh, a concussion, what the evidence is now showing is that this period of rest is becoming shorter and actually needs to be shorter and that that longer duration of rest can actually cause more harm than good but clearly this is an ever-evolving field and concussion research is changing you know week after week and you know but it is an area that particularly if you're working in contact sports collision sports that you need to keep up to date with so what i've done is put together five treatment options that you can use for concussion so gone are the days now where you just rest the the injury the concussion if you like and then just go through that graded return there's a whole host of things that you can do so let's get cracking so number one is all about getting moving so when a concussion happens there is an acute change in blood flow to the brain so usually blood flow to the brain is reduced so these changes initially were thought to be quite short-lived, but more recent research is actually showing that these changes can actually persist for some time following a head injury or a concussion. And these changes, what they do is they alter the, I guess, the process and, and working of the um, 
of the ANS, the, the autonomic nervous system. So the autonomic nervous system controls both your sympathetic and parasympathetic nervous system. So these two systems work always at the same time, but one will generally be more dominant than the other. So the sympathetic nervous system, that is your fight, flight, or free system, which you'll have heard about before. And, you know, when you're exercising, this system is in full flow. It's going to increase your heart rate. It's going to dilate blood vessels to allow you to pump blood to the muscles that are working. It releases adrenaline. Your pupils will dilate. And it basically gets you ready for action. So think about you going, trying to lift, hit a PB in the gym. You're out playing football, rugby, or your athlete is. That is the sympathetic nervous system in sort of full flow. The opposite system is your parasympathetic nervous system, and that is your rest and digest system. And this is responsible for all the opposite. So it'll lower your heart rate, lower your breathing rate, increase your digestion, um, it actually activates your metabolism, and it generally helps you stay relaxed and calm. So you have these two competing, I guess, parts of your nervous system. They're, they're always active, you know, together at the same time, but one will always be more dominant than the other. When a concussion happens, this creates an imbalance in your uh, autonomic nervous system. And what will happen is most patients and athletes will actually become stuck almost in this fight, flight, or freeze state. So their sympathetic nervous system is in sort of overdrive. And that is sometimes, you know, given as uh, evidence as to why during those particular early stages of concussion that the brain cannot cope with exercise because exercise requires an increase in heart rate and because the heart rate is already elevated because of the, the injury and the heightened sympathetic nervous drive, then, then blood flow to the brain is not as responsive. And, and sometimes if you exercise too early, for example, with a concussion, that is why you might see signs and symptoms like dizziness, headaches, anything that basically an increase in activity, physical activity, and, and why we need to follow that sort of graded return to exercise. So that's why you start with um, some low intensity exercise and it's built up from there. I'm going to talk about more of the graded return a little bit later in the, the, the podcast. But what the evidence is showing now is that this exercise and actually a return to exercise, an early return to exercise post-concussion, actually helps to return brain blood flow to normal. And in fact, resting is not best because rest is not going to do that. So it's actually we need exercise to actually um, even out these two sort of sides of the, the autonomic nervous system and actually help with the process of recovery from injury. So the key key here is... I'm not saying that we don't need to follow that rest during the first 48 hours or so post-injury. The key here is that you need your patient and athlete to obviously be symptom three at rest before you start their graded return. But I guess the big key point here is that giving them longer to rest, if they're asymptomatic, it's not going to do them any good. It's probably actually going to cause them more harm than good. So again, we need to be observant of our patient athlete symptoms but once they are asymptomatic and they are back to normal day to day then we need to start this graded return number two strengthen the neck so the majority of concussive incidents you will see occur to, due to a direct blow to the head or a direct blow to the body which causes a sort of whiplash effect or rapid movement of the head on the trunk um, this is firstly why we might see quite a lot of neck pain in combination with concussion um, it makes sense therefore that the stronger the muscles around the neck and the more responsive they are to load 
then that more you know heightened active stability you have around that area is going to provide more support to the head and the neck and if these muscles are able to control the movement on impact for example during say a rugby tackle then this might actually limit the severity of injury that's actually um, gained from the from the player uh, and potentially even prevent a concussion happening in the first place. So what usually happens with a concussion is basically the brain just rattles around within the skull. So if we can stop this movement of the head on the trunk, and again, your muscles of your neck are going to provide active support to to the neck. So if we can limit the amount of movement, then potentially we can maybe reduce the severity and maybe even prevent a concussion happening in the, the first place. And this is why, and there's evidence to support this, this is why neck strength in, in, is being used so much now within contact and collision sports to both prevent not only neck injury, so injuries local to the neck, so muscle, joint, disc, whatever that may be, but also to try and reduce the incidence of concussion. So if you're working with Patients, athletes that play contact sports, including some neck strength exercise in their training, would seem um, you know an almost no-brainer. Number three, avoid red meat and sugary food. So just like any injury, be it a calf, a hamstring, an ankle injury, with a concussion, there is an inflammatory component to, to this injury. We need inflammation to occur. Uh, as we know, this is the first stage of any tissue's healing process. But what we want to do is to try and prevent excessive inflammation occurring because this is only going to prolong the healing process. But unlike a hamstring, ankle, calf, whatever it may be, you clearly cannot ice, compress or elevate the brain. It's obviously a lot harder to do. But what you can do is to try and maybe manipulate a patient or athlete's diet in the, maybe in the short term um, to avoid pro, pro sorry inflammatory foods. So pro-inflammatory foods would include things like red meats, refined sugars, white breads, pastas, artificial sugars and sweeteners. So all these foods can actually promote uh, inflammatory levels. So again, whether it's a concussion, whether it's an ankle, calf, hamstring, you know, whatever it may be, if there's an inflammatory response there, that these types of foods are actually going to maybe going to heighten this response. So again, better alternatives might be fruit and veg, fish, and foods that contain what we consider good fats. So your know, like oils, seeds, nuts, almonds, etc., things like that. And even a small change and simple change in a, a an athlete or a patient's diet might help to offset some of the some of these symptoms and actually reduce that inflammatory response number four is all around concussion specific rehab so if you've worked with concussion before and you've seen concussion you might have heard of or even use uh, vestibular or ocular sort of rehab for concussion so we know with concussion some of the symptoms that you can get include dizziness balance problems problems with the eyes and vision so that might be blurred or double vision and some of these symptoms are sometimes quite acute so they might be there for the first few days but for some people they can extend beyond that sort of acute phase in that first you know that first few days or, or week of injury uh, often these symptoms are linked to a disturbance of that vestibular ocular motor system and if we have a disturbance to that vestibular ocular motor system then we need to rectify that if we're actually going to, go to help our patients athletes get rid of these symptoms and again going back to what the management was like before generally we just leave these patients or athletes alone we give them a prolonged period of rest but we know now the evidence is telling us that is not the best way to rehab these types of injuries and specifically related to vestibular ocular motor problems well, like any sort of rehab we need to 
we need to rehab that if we want them to get to get better. And whilst this is quite a specialist area of therapy, there are some really simple drills you can use in rehab, and there's all types of different assessments and tools you can, you can use. There's actually some really good stuff online that you can follow. So again, if you want to look into this a little bit further, just give me a shout and I can direct you towards um, these types of things. And then the final part, number five, is about following a plan. So if you've ever managed a patient or an athlete with concussion in the past, you will have likely followed some kind of graded return protocol that generally will look something like this. So it'll have six stages. The first stage is usually a period of physical uh, and cognitive rest, usually of around 48 hours. Stage two is when you start exercise, so using some type of low-intensity exercise. One of the exercises often um, encouraged or prescribed is, a, like I say, a 20-minute bike session where you'll be working at less than 70% of your max heart rate. Stage three, so for example, with a rugby player, for example, you might then start to do some running drills. So all these are... Uh, on separate days and I'll explain this in a little second after that stage four would be starting to commence non-contact training stage five would be the return of contact training and stage six would be your return to you know, playing a game for example in an elite athlete so elite rugby player playing the premier premiership uh, championship they've got access to daily medical care a physio doctor that can sort of manage them through this process they can actually go through those six stages in as little as seven days so that's the earliest you can return um, post concussion this can be longer for example for different reasons so mm -hmm. if an athlete is less than 18 if they do not have access to an enhanced medical care, if they don't have a baseline cognitive assessment, for example, a SCAT-5 uh, or, and or a computer-based assessment, this will be dependent upon the sport that you're sort of working in. That process might be longer. So they might, for example, have an extended period of rest. For example, in a non-elite, under-18 um, rugby player, they will generally have 14 days of rest followed by a graded return. So they're going to be returning around 21 days post-injury at best, whereas an elite player, that could be as little as seven days. What's really key here is education. So it's actually showing and educating your patient or athlete the plan, showing them the stages that they actually need to go through to get them back to full fitness and be available to play. So this is no different to any other injury that you might deal with, like that calf, that hamstring, that ankle. You need to show your patient, your athlete, how you are going to get them from A to B, from injury and back to full health. And you know, concussion is no different to that. So if patients don't understand, if athletes don't understand what they're doing, you don't educate them well enough, then it's likely they're gonna get frustrated, they don't know what's coming next. And sometimes that can that can make your job as their therapist to guide them through this process much more difficult and I'm not saying for a minute this is not hard especially in sport there's often pressure from the player from non-medical people to get you know players back on the pitch as soon as possible but we also need to to do um, what we know best and do the best by the, the the player or the patient that we're working with and ensure we go through the right process to ensure that they've significantly recovered enough to allow them to actually return to their previous level of function so to bring everything together Number one was all about getting moving and that rest is not best for the management of concussion. Number two, about strengthening the neck. So evidence showing now that if we can actually improve the strength of the muscles around the neck, then maybe we can reduce the incidence and potentially the severity of concussion. Avoiding red meat and sugary food. So this relates to that pro-inflammatory response or 
better options might be you know your your fruits your veggies those sort of good fats oils and seeds number four was about concussion specific rehab so i was talking here specifically about vestibular ocular motor rehab so again give us a shout if you want some guidance on this and then the final number five is about following the plan so having that graded return understanding and educating your patients about what that plan looks like and actually being able to and be i guess be um, confident and competent to actually be able to take a an athlete or a patient through that graded return so i really hope the information in this podcast episode has given you some hopefully some new ideas about how to manage concussions and, and not just all being about you know leaving your your player your patient to it for a little while and take them through that sort of graded process there's actually a whole host of things that you can do um, both in the you know potentially in the the prevention or the you know the reduction in sort of severity of, of injury like the neck strengthening stuff the the nutrition stuff even the concussion specific rehab that you can actually do to to help your patients athletes that are suffering with um, concussion and the symptoms associated with concussion actually through their rehab process so if you uh, would like to get access to more content like this then please check out my new grad physio membership so as well as all the content i've got on the assessment treatment and rehab of of joint injuries of the ankle the shoulder the lower back the neck and knee injuries um i've also got loads of bonus content so there's there's even like a module on sports injury management which includes content like this so if you're working in sport or want to work in sport this type of content would be so so valuable to you so regardless of where you work whether it is sport whether it is private practice whether it is the nhs if you want to get better at what you do if you want to become more confident with your skills your assessments your treatments your rehab you want to learn more whether it's anatomy whether it's all those clinical skills whether you want some more guidance on you know how to take your career to the next level maybe it is get that foot in the door at a professional sports club or make that next step you know in your career in the nhs or even get a better clinic role in private practice then to find out more information to get some help then head to www.newgrophysio.com forward slash membership thanks for listening to the new grad physio podcast before you head off i just wanted to make sure you did not miss this alongside his podcast andy posts a weekly blog on his website www.newgradphysio.com you can access all his blogs and loads more resources like his recent pdf the five breakthrough steps to confidently treat the shoulder right every time avoid mistakes and stop you feeling less adequate than other new grads this is andy's most popular resource and has already been accessed by thousands of therapists just like you to get a copy of this pdf or to get more information about Andy's upcoming courses or find out more about his new grad physio membership, head to www.newgradphysio.com. Have a great day and we will catch you on the next podcast episode.